Welcome, everyone, to the Wilding the Lamb podcast, episode three. Um, this is in regards to First Nephi's chapter six through ten. Uh, super excited to bring this episode to you. I think you guys are going to like it. Thanks so much for uh, supporting us. We really, really appreciate it. Um, this is a podcast that we'd like to continue and hope that it brings some insight and some strength into your guys' lives. So without further ado, uh, myself, Jeff Holderness, and Christian McMullen will tell you our thoughts about the scriptures. All right. You've got a big family. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was what was like the family dynamics from your experience growing up? Ew. Clarify the question a little bit. <laughs> in in regards to Nephi and his family. So in in the chapters this week, Nephi and his brothers just barely got back from going and getting the plates. And their dad again is like, Hey, I've been I've been talking to God and He's uh, got got something else for you guys to do. He wants you to head back to Jerusalem, and I'm sure his sons just love. And then he was probably like, "It's to get wives. <laughs> <laughs> we got to walk back again. Gosh dang it! What for? <laughs> probably perked up a little bit at that. Um, I would imagine, as as young men do. Yeah, it's probably a little bit easier. Yeah, I'm sure that's Wait, we're going to go back to get who? All right, they're good looking. I'll go get Yeah, hang out with them. That's the other thing. Like, Nephi knew Ishmael. They had to have known Ishmael because, like, they, they had to be, like, family friends or something. Because he knew, I guess maybe not unless the Lord just told him, hey, go find this random family. But, like, it at least seems like that they maybe grew up around them or like had some sort of friendship with them. Yeah. Is there, I don't remember. Is there any writings or conversation about the conversation between the sons of Lehi and Ishmael when they get back to Jerusalem? <clears throat> like, Hey, uh, our dad told us to Come get your family because we're supposed to marry your daughters. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, what we're doing. Um, it, it was a revelation from God. <laughs> you need to come promised, with us. We promised this was. No, there's a little bit. Um, verse 4 of chapter 7. It came to pass that we went to the house of Ishmael, and we did gain favor inside of Ishmael, and so much that we did speak in the words of the Lord. It came to pass that the Lord did soften the heart of Ishmael and also his household, and so much that they took their journey with us down to the wilderness. So he softened their heart. So I wonder if he was standoffish at first. Probably. Like, like I, I would, would imagine. Expect, yeah, dude. Like, gonna, you got like a group of dudes walking to your house. I'm a dad of four, five girls. Yeah. Five girls, one boy. If I was some family, if I knew another family and, and their sons rolled up to my house, like, hey, uh, <laughs> God wants you guys to come with us so that we can marry your daughters. I'd be like, what? What are you talking right. about? First, First off, off, you're going to come to jiu-jitsu. <laughs> we can see how that turns out. And uh, then we're going to go shooting. And if you survive both those, then we can talk. Yeah. 
Well, and they were probably like, like they, I imagine coming, coming back and forth. I mean, it, it had been probably a month or something of coming back. I think it took, I think when you like factor it out, it probably took 10 days to walk the 200 miles from Jerusalem to the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. And so it's probably been like a month. They probably stink, been walking all day on their camels all day and stuff. I, dude, it's a, it's kind of a miraculous, miraculous thing. And like, how on earth do you buy faith, buy, you know, favor with the house? Yeah. He gained, he gained, gained favor with Ishmael. It's like, yeah. what did they do to gain favor? Go garden or something? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> no, they probably had a couple of parties, <laughs> but I imagine they knew each other. Like, yeah. I would expect so. Media to have wives for the four brothers like i wonder if there was kind of uh i mean i'm sure marriages and stuff back then were kind of arranged anyway just like what i know about the middle east and stuff and maybe not no even even with the jews it probably was like they were they were pretty like arranged marriages so i'd assume that they were probably like in the in the runnings for being their wives anyway and then they left for the wilderness and he was like crap we better get him get him some wives um but anyway so they go out <clears throat> they get their wives they soften the heart of the man of the house and they all leave on the way back Laman and lemuel and their espoused wives kind of start to reel into nephi a little bit and get a little excited tie him up um kind of beat on him a little bit so so that was kind of the family dynamic that I wanted to see. You've got how many brothers and sisters? Ten brothers, three sisters. I'm number ten of I'm number ten, so number ten of eleven. So I'm second to young, second to youngest. Yeah, like, dude, you're like in Nephi's position, dude. He probably had a couple more brothers and or a couple more sisters at least. But like, wait, no, he's the youngest huh? until Jacob's born or whatever. Until wasn't well, Sam younger? I thought Sam was younger. I thought Sam was the youngest brother at first before Jacob. I can't remember. Maybe he is. So maybe you are. In the yeah, I think it's Laman, Lemuel, then Nephi, then Sam. So yeah, like how how would you feel like having to be an example to your older brothers and like like did they ever like tie you up and <laughs> beat the crap out of you? No. Well, I did get in a lot of fight with, fights with my brothers. But I don't remember doing a lot of like fist fights. But I was a freaking angry kid, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I would like chase my brother's friends with like hockey sticks, and <laughs> I was, oh, I, you know, it's it's. Was it like to be an annoying younger brother, or no, was it like for some? I don't like. I don't remember. Yeah, but you know, I I remember. I don't even remember what friend it was, but I remember chasing one of my Harris hit one of his friends. Mm-hmm. That was before we lived in the Ginger Creek area. Um, with a hockey stick. <laughs> I don't remember. Don't remember why or anything. Yeah, I mean, I was super young, but no, I mean it. But our family's always been like really close. Yeah. Um. 
like and i would think for a family of that size it's it's like abnormally close for how close we are yeah um well that's your oldest brother is how how much older is he than you well our oldest is actually uh my sister tiffany she's the oldest and sorry tiffany if you hear this i'm probably gonna botch your age she's She's 35. Okay. No, she's, uh, <laughs> she's in her 50s. Um, my third oldest brother, or my third oldest sibling, second oldest brother, he just turned, he'll be turning 50, I want to say two. He'll be 51 or 52 in April. Okay. So I think me and my, me and my sister, I think she's 16 years okay. between us. My parents had a lot of kids, dude. Really bad. Yeah, holy cow. I was going to say, because, so Trent's my oldest brother, and he is 14 years older than me, I think. 14 or 15. So, yeah, your your parents do work, man. Are you guys all, like, 18 months apart? (laughs) No, I mean, me and my brother Darren are 18, about 18 months apart, I believe. But like me and Matthew, we're we're a little over two months or a little over two months, <laughs> two years. That was that was tight. <laughs> two years, two months, and two days. Yeah, that that were apart. So, um, but there you know, there's people that are closer than in age than me and Darren are. We're 18 months apart. So, yeah, a lot of kids, yeah, really fast. Oh, and that's that's i was i was interested in what what you thought because my you know i've got i'm the youngest there's four years between me and the next oldest jennifer and then i think there's probably a year and a half or two years between her and the next oldest sister so like i'm kind of removed from my family by like four years Mm -hmm. um and so like I never really fought with anyone. Like I was always kind of by myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My sister and I hung out a little bit, but by the time I think she was in fifth grade when I was in kindergarten, and then like we were never even in the same school. Dude, I just had a really random memory just just came back to me, um, with you and your sister Jennifer, where, uh. There was one night where there was punched a tree. (laughs) Maybe that probably happened knowing me, but that's not what I was going to refer to. Um, No, there was one night. It was like two o'clock in the morning, Mm -hmm. and there was a crazy meteor shower going on. Yeah, it was it was wildest meteor shower I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. And I heard you and your sister out on your guys' tramp. Yeah, and so I came over and like hung out with you guys. In the middle of the night, watching the the, the, meteor, the shower. meteor shower, and uh, yeah, it was just totally random memory. We lived the tramp in the summers, man. That thing was the best. Um, <laughs> no, that's awesome, dude. Those those were some good times. The Ginger Creek Ward was pretty awesome. Yeah, that that cold sack area yeah, was was so awesome. Yeah, growing up there was it was it was a good time. We all, we all did some good things. Uh, yeah, they tied up. They tied Nephi up. Once they got back, they got all the way back to 
um, Lehigh and, and Soraya, as they talk about how Soraya was one of the couple of people who were leading with. So yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't way back. They were already back. Um, could you imagine as a dad like? Just that's, like that's what I was thinking. I was like, here's here's because they have a video. They did a little video that you can watch, and they show uh, Layman and Lemuel like roughing up Nephi, tying him up, and like dragging him. And then dumping them, and it's like they show Soraya and I just like chilling under a <laughs> like not doing anything. It's like, what? What do you like? What? Are, <laughs> maybe you should have made them look like they were doing something. <laughs> but yeah, I just I thought that was I that was funny. Yeah. Just say there's like, ah, oh, boys will be boys. <laughs> They're just gonna fight. Well, and. They were probably pretty old. Not that old. I mean, they they wander for a while. I don't know. It's just interesting to me. I don't think I'd ever. I guess I'd never expect that type of hostility towards a brother. Well, and they say Nephi, you know, was less in stature, yeah. and so it's like, I wonder how big his brothers were too. Mm-hmm. They they must have been big. Nephi was a big dude for. For a couple guys to take him on and to get him down and to tie him up, yeah. like his brothers must have been pretty big too. That's true. I would man. imagine. Yeah, they all probably trained jujitsu and <laughs> <laughs> were pros. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I'm I'm sure. Oh, and they they do it multiple times. So yeah, they're, they're probably some pretty big dudes too, and knew how to handle themselves. You know, there's when he was tied up. Um, my, you know, we were talking about this the other day, my family and, and my daughter made a good point about, you know, they were tight when, when he was tied up and he was thrown on the ground, he, you know, he prays that, uh, he's delivered from his brothers and to receive the strength to, to burst the bonds. But when you continue reading, it doesn't say that he did that. Yeah. It actually just says that the bands were loose. Mm-hmm. Not that he did did use strength to break him. He could have. But but I still think that there's like a good point and lesson there that even though he prayed for strength to burst the bonds, that that might not be like what God's going to do for you. Yeah, He's like, I'm going to let you free, but not necessarily the way that you asked for it. Yeah. No, and I I think there's something in that too. Um I don't think like they're super careful with how the things are worded in the scriptures. Um and so yeah, I I think you know, when he was writing this it probably wasn't. And I think he even talks about I think he bursts the bonds later. I think it is when he's on the boat. Yeah. And so if he did it there too, he probably would have said that rather than loose the bonds. So I wonder what happened there. And like part of it could just be like their knots were garbage. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And they just like come out. 
I've tried to tie up my sister so many times. I was, <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. You just like twist your hand and they fall off. I was, I was thinking that exact same thing watching that video. I was like, he didn't need strength to burst the bonds. They just fell off. The brothers just don't know how to tie a knot. <laughs> but, but either way, I mean, the effect was the same. He was loosed from his bonds and he was able to continue on in the journey and uh, get back with his with his parents and stuff um and get back in the graces and i think i think this is like one of the first times when it talks about how layman and lemuel like uh yeah they like pray for forgiveness which i think is the first time they do that i don't even think they do that when i think they I think they like say they're sorry when they're beating him with the rod in the in the cavity of the cave. When they, oh, and the last set of scriptures yeah, are yeah. Yeah. But I think this is like one of the first times that they actually well, shows up then too, right? Yeah. It's like, why the heck are you beating on your brother? Yeah. He's supposed to be a ruler over you. Knock it off. And dude, that's <laughs> like I I can't imagine my brothers, and like maybe your brothers are the same too, but like they were. They were hard, but nowhere near the level of just like anger and hostility <laughs> towards their younger brother. Like to see an angel and then like four weeks later be beating up on your brother again. It's just like, dude, like where are your guys like priorities and all this? It's just interesting. Their their family dynamic is something that I'm always just blown away by. Yeah, same. I'm trying to find well, here we go. Uh, in chapter seven, verses seventeen is where he, he does that prayer to to get the strength to burst the bonds. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go off and dive into this a, a little bit about you know his the way that he prays and and what what happens and the way that I've learned some things over the past couple of years when you know really studying. Um, but anyways. He says at the end of that prayer, he says, um, you know, uh, deliver me from the hands of my brother and give me strength that I may burst these bands, which I am bound. And he's like, I am, I are, and it came to pass that when I had said these words, behold, the bands were loosed from off my hands and feet. And I stood before my brother and spanked on them again. So he didn't say that he burst the bands. Mm -hmm. It just says that they were, that, that the bands were loosed. Yeah. So, no, not he very well could have. Mm -hmm. But you know, one thing that that um, I've learned a lot recently, I, you know, I've actually have stopped in my prayers and stopped asking for um, for the strength to to do something. Yeah. Um. um because I, I have, I personally feel this is a personal thing, right? Like I personally feel like when I'm asking for the strength to do something, I'm saying, no, just, just give me the strength. To do it. I don't, I don't need to do it. Just give me the strength to do it, and I'll do it. Yeah. And so I almost feel like it's kind of like counter to what we're really supposed to be doing. You know what I'm saying? You, you get where I'm yeah. going with? Yeah. And so. You know, you think about like the war in heaven, 
with Satan. <laughs> he's like, no, I'll I'll do it. He's like, I'll do it. I'll give me the glory. And it's like, um, but uh, but with the give me strength, he says, yay, even give me strength. I may I may burst these bands. And then God's like, nah, I don't even give you strength. I will just do it. Yeah. Like I do this for you. You don't have to do it. Yeah. <clears throat> and I feel like a lot of things in our life, that's the approach that a lot of people take. Give me the strength for this. Give me the strength for that. When in reality, with a lot of these trials, we're supposed to be relying on him for it, right? Giving, giving it to God. Giving it to God. Yeah. And, you know, if, if God wants to give you that strength, then he'll give you that strength. So instead of like, give me the strength to do this, be like, hey, this is what I'm going through right now. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm surrendering my will over to you in this, in this trial and whatever I'm going through. And I'm going to trust you in whatever path this takes, whether it's you giving me something or I have to sit here and sit through this crappy situation I'm going through right now. Or you just completely take it away from me, like yeah. whatever it is. I'm gonna sit there and do that, you know, because we we're here on the earth to to emulate the Savior, right? Yeah. What did the Savior do when he was on earth? He did one thing his entire life. Mm-hmm. I think we talked a little bit about this when we first talked about doing this podcast. Do you remember what I said? What it was? Will of God. This is the will of God. That is it. Everything. His entire life, yeah. he did the will of God, right? Mm-hmm. And then think about when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was praying to Heavenly Father. He's like, he was in there suffering. He's like, you know, if, if you can take this from me, then take it. But not my will, yours. But not my will be done. Your will be done. Yeah. And so if we're emulating the Savior when it comes to working through trials, yeah, that's the he's just shown us the way to do it right there. Yeah. It's hey, I'm going through this right now. If I don't have to go through this, then freaking take it from me. I do not want it. Yeah. But if I need to go through it for whatever reason, then I will. Just be with me. Yeah. Right? And so mm-hmm. it's it's such a you know, that passage of scripture of like give me the strength so I can burst these and then it says the bands were loose. It's like I read that as God didn't give Nephi the strength to actually break those ropes. Yeah. God did it for him. And maybe they, they fell off so that he could get back up. And so, you know, there's a lot of crap that we go through in life, like men and women do too, but we're talking to men here. Yeah. But, but uh, you yeah. know, the stuff that we go through is different. You know, we're supposed to be hard. We're supposed to be this. We're supposed to be that. We're supposed to be steadfast in everything and, and like, not let our emotions control us and do all these different things and, and not knowing how to navigate it. Like, this is the way that I see to navigate everything. Is this concept of this is what I'm going through. I'm going to give it to you to 
direct me in the way that you want me to be directed in this. And if it's for me suffering through this, then I will. If you're going to take it from me, be great. Or do that, and then all of a sudden you have some impression to go do something. Go do it. <laughs> no, I like that a lot. Um, and I've, I've never thought of it in this context. But another thing, as you were talking, that I thought was interesting is that, like, Christ is the top. He was perfect. Like, if anyone deserves God love, God's love, it's Christ. God loves all of us all equally, but if anyone deserves that love, it's it's Christ. But even Christ, hey, not my will, your will. And the Lord, our Father, allowed his son to go through that because it was necessary. Yeah, well, and, and you know the scripture that it talks about, um, I don't know what it is off the top of my head. I'd have to look it up, but um talks about, you know, Christ descending below them all. And it's like, are you greater than he? It's like, no. It's like, okay, so when you're suffering and you're going through something, what makes you think that you shouldn't have to go through it? That, that you're any better or any more deserving. You saying that you shouldn't have to go through whatever you're going through is saying that you're better than Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah, because we, we do that so much. We get on like our own little pity parties. Mm -hmm. Oh, my life is so hard. Oh, this is happening to me or whatever. But it's like, in reality, we have... The easiest lives out of any human beings that have ever lived on the planet earth like we don't have to go forage for food we don't have to spend our time like making sure that our families aren't starving like we're we're sitting pretty good where we are in our lives but we still murmur like Lamin and lemuel we still um try to avoid having to do hard things and I think a lot of us like think like, oh, I'm following the commandments or, oh, I'm doing this. Like my life should be perfect. But it's like, no. Dude. And that's another thing, man. It's like, yeah, that's that's another thing that I've come to. And it's a hard realization yeah. to come to. It's like God basically, you know, promises, promises you like two things. <laughs> that's pretty much much it he promises you promises you that you can have peace in this life and that you can return to live with him that's it that's it and it makes and that was kind of like like uh what's the word i'm like like it it uh, demoralizing like it was demoralizing to like come to that realization it's like it, it doesn't matter how good I am it doesn't matter how many commandments that I keep it doesn't matter about whatever it's like God does not promise me anything in this life except that I can get through it in peace yeah that is it. Period. He doesn't promise that he's going to keep my kids safe. He doesn't promise that. I mean, he, he might come to you and personally 
I'm going to say, you know, if you do this, I will promise this. Like that may, you know, but, but like an overgeneral, just like the gospel, just in, like as it's taught in the scriptures, like if, like think about Job. Like yeah, in the Bible, it's like he was the best of the best. He was one of the freaking best people. Like, if not freaking second to Christ, you know. I mean, he was. And God makes a deal with the devil to let the devil do whatever he wants to him. Yeah, <laughs> and and Job just had the like worst freaking life ever, but he didn't lose faith, and he he was still able to keep the faith and and you know have peace through his. I like to say, uh, what was it? Not misery, uh, peace and suffering. Yeah. Like you can suffer and still be in peace. And that's, that's the way to do it. And that's what Job did. Yeah. You know, he, he suffered a lot through his life, like losing his wife, losing his family, losing his friends, losing yeah. everything, losing everything he owns. Yeah. No, I, I think that's great. I like that that bit about peace and joy, that like those are the only things that God promises. And like it, I think it's important to realize that that joy, it's not like some people think joy is like, oh, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be smiling all the time. Like life is going to be good. This is going to be happening and stuff. But it, it it's coming to terms with that, like you were just saying. It's coming to terms with even in the suffering. Like the joy is found in Christ. Like mm-hmm. even when our life is the worst as it can be, we know that we're gonna be okay. Like at some point, things are gonna get better. Even if it's after this life, and that's the thing. It's like it may not be in this life, <clears throat> which again can be demoralizing. Yeah. Which which really makes it super super important to really gain that testimony about. God and Christ and the plan. Yeah. Well, and like to be like it, it, it adds kind of a different thing to endure to the end where it's like, dude, we are lucky that we're living in the time that we are. It could be so much worse and we could be going through so much worse than we are. Um, and so it's just being thankful for the things that we have, um, thankful for the knowledge that we have and then utilizing that to bolster ourselves and our families and stuff. I like that. That's powerful. It's way cool. Yeah. So we're, that's basically chapters six and seven. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we're already 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, this is good. So chapter eight, tree of life. This has been taught by everyone and their dog since the beginning of time. Um, but yeah, it's the story of the tree of life, Lehi's experience, um, dreary wilderness, inviting Laman and Lemuel to come and get the fruit, um, Nephi, Sam, Sariah, the rest of the family stuff all partakes and hangs out by the tree. Um, and I think. You know, as I was going through it, I think every time I read it, I kind of ponder on, like, like where I am, like, personally. Because there's kind of this, <laughs> you know, there's this, like, there's kind of this, I guess, how I see it. There's, like, the tree, 
there's the great spaceship building and then there's kind of everything in between uh -huh. there's the race there's the fountain of water there's the iron rod mist of darkness yeah the wandering people and I, I kind of you know every time i read it i kind of say like okay where am i on it have i tasted the fruit yes i feel like i've tasted the fruit at this point in my life but like have i dropped it started to walk towards the spacious building have i kind of stayed by it um and so that's something that i'm always kind of it's it's kind of nice like reading the book of mormon on like these times and they kind of go back to those plateaus i talk about like sometimes you're going to be here and sometimes you're going to be over here and sometimes you're going to be in between um but I, I like the chapters because it kind of reflect like where I'm in my positioning. Like a lot of the times I'm like walking next to the rod with like one finger on it. <laughs> but I'm like, but I'm in the midst of darkness. Yeah. And I'm being like, I'm like, uh, one finger on it. Like, I know if I let go, I am so screwed. Yeah. Or if I, I let my drop off, it's like, why don't I just grab onto the stupid rod? Yeah. Just grab onto it. Not, like, I just do it. Like, why won't you? I'm just like, do, do, do. I'm just going to keep my finger on it. No, for sure. <laughs> well, and it, again, it's all, it's all relative. Um, which I actually feel like the tree, the tree of life has always been, the vision has been kind of, I don't know if I would say confusing, but not, not like complete. Maybe you know, there's really something that I'm I'm just kind of missing about it. Yeah. Because you know, you have the word of God that leads to the tree, and the tr the fruit of the tree is the love of God, right? And so, you follow, grab hold of the iron rod, make it to the tree, partake of that fruit. But you can have the the you can have you know, the taste of that fruit, like while you're walking on the path yeah. to it and the path, like you don't get the love of God, like at the end, yeah. but you know, the way that the, it's portrayed a lot of times, like when you get there, like you're done walking on the, the path and the iron rod and, yeah. and then there's people who are taking of the fruit and they get a shape, walk away. And go to the great spacious building, and so it's so. I always feel like there's something around that area that I'm not totally grabbing. Yeah, yeah. No, and I've I've kind of felt that too. I feel like, like me personally, a lot of the times, I guess I look at it, and I think he does say the love of God. Um, I look at it more of like christ i guess and like how good or how bad i am with my relationship with him and then that way like if you're holding on to the rod and you're trying to get to him you can see the light you can feel the light i assume um and so to me i guess then it's like sometimes I feel like I've got a really good relationship with him and like we're, we're jiving every day. We're talking, we're kind of figuring stuff out. And then like 
something happens and it goes downhill a little bit. And I feel like that's kind of when I'm like further with injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think you can interpret it a ton of different ways. Yeah. And even like Nephi's vision of the tree of life later, mm-hmm. I feel like it's different than Lehi's. Um, I think it explains it in more detail. Yeah, and I so it's probably no. I'll have to I'll have to read it because I I don't think like it was like different, but you obviously experienced it differently. Yeah. Than than you do as Lehi versus as Nephi. You know, one thing when I was thinking when we were doing this as a family the other day. Um, you know, talking about the mist of darkness and the iron rod. Yeah. Is that, you know, there's there's times when we're like we're trying to live the gospel mm-hmm. and it just doesn't seem kind of like we were what we were just talking about, you know, about <laughs> there's nothing promised to you except peace in this life and eternal life in the life to come. Um but like there's times when you're trying to hold on and it just seems like there's nothing good coming of anything that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And but you're still on the path holding on to the iron rod. But that mist of darkness is so thick that it's it's literally impossible to see past. Yeah. Got like hurricane winds and yeah. yeah. But, but you just but as long as you keep holding on to it, you eventually get out. But but it's like like the only thing that I can think of with the whole no, the end of it, it's like, is that like that's how trials are in life? It's like the tree of life. Like you grab hold of the iron rod and you have to go through the trial, which is the temptations, it's the darkness. Yeah. And when you make it through, you can get you'll receive that that love of God or whatever. So I don't know. I just thought that 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 was. I've always just had that question. It's like this doesn't seem like it's complete. Yeah. The vision seems there's like something. Yeah. <laughs> now that's interesting. I wonder. It. I've always meant to do it, but it'd be kind of cool to do a deep dive onto the tree of life and see what um, what other people have said about it. Yeah, and stuff like that. Because I know that there's um, I th- I think I think Holland gave a talk like it's probably been ten years or something about it. I remember being like blown away by what was said, but I can't remember exactly what it was anymore. I think there have been like a couple of apostles, different things that have spoken about it before and kind of brought their insight which is kind of interesting just to see what what else there is to to grasp and pull from it um but yeah i think overall the whole story is pretty cool uh pretty miraculous different Um, and then finally the last kind of chapter that we went over, um, I like, cause once again, Nephi 
is praying and he's finding out for himself again of the things that his dad sees and knows. Um, in verse 17, it says, it came to pass after Nephi, seven, or chapter 10, verse 17. Having heard all the words of my father concerning the things which he saw in a vision, and also the things which he spake by the power of the Holy Ghost, which power he received by faith on the Son of God, and the Son of God was the Messiah who is to come, I was desirous that I might see and hear and know of these things by the power of the Holy Ghost. Yet again, Nephi is confirming with his own personal revelation the things that his dad saw. And, dude, I don't think we do that enough when the prophets say things or when we hear things. Here's Nephi, whose dad is the prophet of God, and even he doesn't have complete and total faith in him. He goes and he finds for himself. Um, and I think there's a lot in that. Sometimes we hear things. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, but so, I mean, him just relying on the word of his dad yeah it's like the one person that we're supposed to rely on and trust is is god right yeah and so if he didn't go confirm that to god mm -hmm. then that means he's just trusting the word of man yeah and his dad which which is good that he has trust in his dad but our whole purpose is to learn trust and follow god and do yeah yeah no and that's you know a lot of people in the church i feel like blindly follow the prophets blindly do all these things without seeking that personal revelation for themselves hey yeah. is this really what i'm supposed to be doing or is this not um and yeah i I feel like part of being a man, part of having a family is taking that responsibility. Hey, dude, I need to be better at making sure my family's safe, receiving that revelation directly from God, who's the holder of all truth, knows everything beginning to end, and you know, making sure that this is what I'm supposed to be doing, making sure this is what my family's supposed to be doing. Um, I think that's pretty cool and powerful if i do like such a good example we'll read more we've read a ton of already but like i swear and anytime anything happens he's like all right gotta find out for myself i'm getting on my knees just like pray to figure out what he needs to do and eventually it just gives him so much power and so much strength um that just because he relies on god and he's the savior so much mm -hmm. which is cool super duper cool